0: I admire others and their stories. I admire conscious connections, getting to know people and learning from them in small and big ways. (laughs) Here's to connecting with others and sharing their stories and experiences from their mouths to your ears. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Let's Chat with Jvax with our first guest, Ryan Magjosh.
1: What's up, Ryan? Nailed it. <laughs> yes. I'm your first guest. Yeah. I am honored.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm excited it's you, to be honest, because we connected about guests yes. like a few months ago in May, I think, May, June, and now it's coming full circle. So here we are.
1: Guests are everything. So you're welcome. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're the, the life of the party here.
1: <laughs> I can't wait.
0: I would love to tell everyone how I stumbled upon you and how I know of you. And to me, I think it's a funny story. So yeah. let me know your thoughts.
1: <laughs> it's probably hilarious.
0: <laughs> so I stumbled upon you a few years ago, because you played basketball with someone I went to middle school with.
1: Middle school was a long time ago. A
0: long time ago. It was a long time ago. But I stumbled upon you and you were a hot boy with your shirt off on Instagram. And I was like, that sounds
1: about right. (laughs) Yeah. Shirt off on Instagram.
0: (laughs) I'm like this hot boy. I have to follow him. Like, why not? So I started following you, but I didn't actually watch your stories or watch your content that closely Mm-hmm. Until the pandemic, I feel like, like the beginning of 2020. And then I started actually paying attention to what your stories were. And you started posting about all of these like self help books you were reading. So, The Power of Now by yes. Eckhart Tall. And I actually had to look up how to pronounce his name, too. <laughs> I've
1: been <But> pronouncing that- <laughs> it wrong this whole time. I didn't <laughs> know like that. Eckhart Tolle?
0: Eckhart Tall. <laughs> that is what Siri told me (laughs) like
1: 30 minutes ago.
0: (laughs) Well, I started watching that. And then I even, I think I messaged you and was like, let's talk about it. And I feel like we had a long conversation just about personal growth, self-growth. And eventually I was like, wow, Ryan's not just a hot boy." there's more there's more to him like well who would have thought right
1: I know sometimes Instagram can be misleading and I do post the occasional shirtless pic shirtless Instagram story at the pool I love the pool whatever but yeah I I wasn't always this way I started reading books the power of now is special because it's like my first book I ever read since like holes in the seventh grade I hated (laughs) reading I hated being forced to read something that I wasn't interested in but as my life went on and I learned more about myself, I started picking up these books that were kind of along the same thinking and along the same lines as self-growth. And I love The Power of Now.
0: What do you think you got out of The Power Now? Like the most out of it?
1: Sheesh. Well, it changed my life. So that's a good start. Um, in what way? The whole premise is just being more in the now and how the now is the only time that there ever will be ever. And my issue was a lot of like anxiety-based things, so worrying about the future. And mentally, I was not where I am now, sitting here, talking on a show with you. I was worrying about something that was going to happen tomorrow, the next day, the next month, whatever it was. Um, But it just had so many ways. And the way he worded certain things just made me think about how far away from the now I was living my life. And a lot of people lived theirs in the past. Personally, that wasn't my thing. But the way he says it all makes sense and brings you back seated and grounded into the now, which I try to practice every day.
0: Do you have a certain thing that brings you back to the present? Because so many things can take you to the past and future. But what actually brings you to the present now?
1: A lot of things. My breath is the number one thing because hopefully I will always have it unless the wind is knocked out of me or I get hit or something, whatever. Um, But another small thing, and it's a material thing, but it puts me in a different headspace is coffee. I really like coffee and I drink it pretty much every morning now, but it's always this mindset that I have when I drink it. And I think about what I'm going to do that day. I make a list maybe if it's busy. Um, But for the most part, I just enjoy it as I'm drinking it. No other place I have to be, no other things I have to do. And I just fully embrace sipping my coffee until it's gone. Maybe I'm going on a walk in nature, which is great in the city where I live. Um, But it just really brings me to focus on nothing but like the cup in front of me and where my feet are, where my butt is, where I'm sitting down, where I'm laying down, whatever the case may be. But coffee does that for me.
0: Do you, do you find drinking coffee as like meditative? And and I ask this because I've been trained in meditation and every time they talk about like a drinking meditation an active meditation, they Mm -hmm. bring up coffee and how it can feel when you actually think about it touching your lips, it going down your throat, like the heat in your hand.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm a team iced guy all year long. Oh my God. So it's never heated for me.
0: I'm going to have to just end this episode right now.
1: (laughs) You could, I mean, you could find that to do with anything. Like it doesn't have to be coffee. Coffee is a good example, but like even this cup, I just feel it and I drink it. If I slowly like break it down to like truly feel everything, it sounds stupid, but feel everything, feel it in your hands, feel it go down your throat. Like you were talking about, anything can really bring you in the moment like that. So, but I do like it to taste good and give me energy.
0: Yeah. And you say like, it sounds stupid, but I feel like that is what we like, we mark those things as silly or, or dumb, but it doesn't have to be. It's however Oh yeah, I love
1: that. That's, that's how yeah. I am. I'm silly. I'm dumb. And <laughs> I, I fully embrace that kind of stuff. I love it.
0: Yeah. Well, we talked about right before we started this, your mustache and everyone who's not watching <laughs> YouTube, Ryan has a sick mustache right now. <laughs> oh, yes. It going nicely. It looks nice.
1: Yeah. I was telling you, it's, I don't know. I just look at it and I think it's silly and it's, whatever but I like to be in that mindset I don't always like to be serious and try to look hot or try to look good or whatever it's a good reminder to just nothing's that serious just be silly have fun and I think either I'm giving that vibe off to other people but I see other people approach me more lighthearted or differently or with a smile on their face or maybe I'm more welcoming I don't know what it is but I like it so I'm I'm keeping it for a while.
0: Well, I'm going to pose this question to you. So I, um, just watched a documentary called emotions 2.0. I believe it was on Amazon prime and they were talking about, you know, being in the present moment and what you put out into the world. And, you know, you've been doing all of this personal growth, working on your mental health and being present. Do you think that people are approaching you because you're giving off this high frequency of, of happiness or goofiness or whatever that you really wanna put out into the world that people are receiving that?
1: I do believe in that kind of stuff, yes. Um, part of what puts me in that mindset is, yes, I've been working on that myself, but also surrounding my, my life with people that are the same way and hanging out with friends that have good intentions and are super positive and have a good outlook on life and it's caused me to lose some friends which at the beginning was an adjustment period but in the long term it's really worked out and it's like you said I I don't know if it's tangible I would like to believe that that is the case and I surely believe that but it could be just what I'm working on is working
0: and you say that you lost friends and I feel like that comes up a lot where Mm -hmm. people lose friends and Do you think that the people that you surround yourself with now are like long-term or do you see, like, how do you see that?
1: hundred percent. Yeah, I, I I don't know. It's cliche to say my circle got smaller or tighter. Um, I've never looked at my situation as like a circle. I've just tried to be nice to everybody. And obviously you have certain friends from certain walks of life and there's from others and others and others. And they all kind of blend together. But as you grow, people's lives change. They meet significant others, they have kids, they start families and priorities change. Um, but my priorities, don't have a family, don't have kids yet, don't have a significant other. I'm just surrounded by people, not trying to gain anything, no hidden agendas. And the people that I surround myself don't have that either. It's just good quality friendship, caring for others. Um, obviously similarities in minds. We like sports, we like watching sports. We drink coffee. We go out at night, whatever. But so much of it is who you surround yourself with. and I, I love it.
0: Yeah. And when you surround yourself with these people, like, do you find yourself having surface level conversations or do you find yourself to actually talking about your emotions or anxieties that you may be feeling in the world?
1: That is something that um, we have been working on and will always work on. That's something that I have worked on myself. Um, in the past two years. And that's part of my biggest growth is a lot of the times that guys don't feel really comfortable talking about that stuff with other guys. And I think that that's, I discovered that that's helped me a lot individually is being able to talk about my emotions, um, my feelings, what comes up in my everyday life. And so I have kind of put together a group of guys that talk about that on a weekly basis. And also my close friends, we talk about that all the time. Sometimes it's harder. And sometimes some guys are more closed off at the beginning. And it can be like pulling teeth. But that's how I was. So I've just, I'm patient through the whole thing. I know not everybody's created the same. Um, I try to work on my patience, because I've been through it. And because I've been through it, my empathy is also growing, which I think is good and something that I can work on. But everybody's different. And it's super interesting how people's brains work. And how certain people communicate. Some people are just open books and would love to share what's going on with them. Other people's you kind of have to poke and prod and give time to before they open up.
0: And like, how do you, how do you get them to open up? Like, do you ask specific questions? Have you found saying like, how do you feel that they open up to that? Or it takes maybe comfortability after a few times meeting with you guys?
1: It definitely takes comfortability. Um, it did for me. It's different for everybody, but I feel that if I approach the situation or the group meeting or the one-on-one coffee date or whatever it is with being open-minded and giving them, knowing that I have patience for them and they don't have to tell me stuff until they're ready. That's Mm -hmm. fine. Because I understand, I get it. It's hard, especially things that are like deep down that you've struggled with for a while, or maybe haven't told anybody yet. It's on comfy, but that's kind of, what I have learned to love is being comfy, being uncomfy, Mm -hmm. getting comfortable doing the uncomfortable thing. It is hard at the beginning. And it has a sort of momentum to it. You do it once, you think, holy shit, how am I going to do that again? And then the next time gets a little easier. The momentum slows down. Next time gets a little easier to the point where it gets routine to do things that were once uncomfy. So it's different, but I don't have any magic words or magic ways or any extra charisma that I woo on people. I just let them know that whenever you're ready, I'm ready. Sometimes it takes, some of my friends still aren't ready. That's fine. Some of the people I meet with still aren't ready. We talk about stuff, but I have all the time in the world. So it's really up to them. You can want change for somebody so much, but they really have to truly want it themselves in order to take a step for that. So I'm just ready and available whenever they are
0: yeah and it sounds like you're just you're giving them the space oh, to, yeah. to be available and i think that's what's really important because in a lot of relationships or friendships or just conversations with strangers people are very quick to just jump to a oh, well a solution or like are you not going to talk about it so they'll just shut themselves off but okay. actually providing them the space even if that means you're sitting in silence i think that's like the most powerful thing is you mm-hmm. ask a question and if they're not ready to answer then you don't say it again. You just sit there with them.
1: Right. And then it allows them. I I have learned a lot of interpersonal stuff from actually my ex-girlfriend who is amazing. We still have really good relationships, really healthy. But she is like the most empathetic person that I've ever met. And before where I was kind of like, I would give them time, but I would kind of get impatient and want them like want help for them so bad that I'd be really eager to just like, hey, you got to do this. You got to do this now, 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 now. But you you nailed it. The, giving them the space and feeling like they can be heard when they want to be heard is everything. And so there's no rush. And all anybody ever has is time. So when they're ready, they'll open up and they'll be ready. And I'll be ready myself because I have been for eternity, it seems like.
0: Yeah. And I mean, practicing patience, like it takes so long to actually master patience. Oh, Yeah. And what, what do you tell yourself? Do you have an affirmation? Do you, do you journal about it? What do you state to remind yourself to be patient? Or do you think that you kind of have it locked in now?
1: That's a good question. Because I'm big on affirmations. Are you big mm-hmm. on affirmations?
0: Oh, you know I'm the affirmation queen. Come on. <laughs>
1: it, it works for me.
0: Yeah. Like
1: having something that is just easily, quickly said in your head to like bring you back to, oh yeah, I've been working on this. This is the way to go. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, Meditation has helped me with that a lot. Meditation creates space that you normally wouldn't feel. Um, But my whole, I don't know if, I do like affirmations, but my number one thing that I think of off the top of my head is it's a feeling versus your thinking brain, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It's not something that you can think of to say, or there's no magic words that your brain can come up with. It's more of just almost shutting your brain off and feeling or knowing that this is the right thing to do. And when I just explained giving them space and whenever they're ready, I'm ready. That is the feeling that I'm describing because now I'm not in a rush to help them. I do want the best for them, but I've realized that if they they'll, they'll do it when they're ready. And they'll change when they're ready to change. And when they reach that breaking point, they reach the breaking point and they'll know who to come to. But that's more of a feeling. I didn't really come up with that in my mind. It's just something that I know to be true based off a of feeling I have.
0: And did you ever feel like uncomfortable in, in those moments where it's like, you know, you have a feeling of patience or you have a feeling of the quietness that you can be in. Mm-hmm. Did you ever feel like uncomfortable sitting in that space?
1: Um. When it was with me and my own stuff, yeah. And I would sometimes, like when I first started out with meditation and working on the patience part, if I didn't see like immediate progress or if it took a while to see, to make a difference or to see a difference in my everyday life, I would start to get a little impatient and get frustrated. Be like, okay, well, is this even doing anything? Am I even doing this right? But the more I just shut my brain off and said, yeah, if it's right, it's right. Even if it's not right, that's okay. Totally accepting of both ways. It could be right. It could be wrong, whatever the case may be. It is what it is. And that's how it is. So you just got to accept it. Once I did that, that's when everything started clicking. When I wasn't resisting anything or when I wasn't having a problem with the way things were, that allowed me to just be like, oh, there's no problem if I don't make there a problem. So that allows me to towards other people, not be impatient or not. And just know that everything both ways, if they're ready, they're ready. If they're not, they're not both ways are acceptable. And that kind of makes there seem like there's no rush.
0: Yeah. And you know, you, you said that you tried again and again and again, and Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, a lot of people would give up at, in that sense. A lot of people do give up. What, what's something that really kept you going or what can you, what advice can you give to someone who has tried meditation or has tried, let's even say like working out or just trying to work on self-help, but they feel like they're not growing. They're not going anywhere. What, what's the additional push?
1: That's tough. And I would say you have to just want change more than you don't like how your life is going right now and whatever aspect of life that is. It's like, it's, it's measurable. It's got to it's gotta be, you got to want it bad enough more than it actually sucks right now. Mm-hmm. And as long as one outweighs the other, you're going to lean towards getting better, sticking to it, pushing through that plateau that you think you might have, because uh, that's what worked for me. Um, my stuff was anxiety-based. And I knew that my current state that I was in and what I was struggling with sucked. I hated it. And I wanted it to be different. I wanted it to be different more than it felt good to just give up or to just not sit down and meditate today or just not go to the gym and work out today or just not go get shots up for basketball. Like I wanted to change more than how bad it sucked. So that that's what I would say. And that's what worked for me.
0: Do you think the like meditation really helped with anxiety, like pull you out yeah. of the space?
1: Yeah. Uh, I started kind of the self-growth journey, like, two years ago now, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit over two years. And I first went to see a therapist and that was a huge step for me. Cause that's like, in my mind, that was like taboo. And like, if you go talk to someone, you said, you'll talk to a therapist, you're kind of crazy. Yeah, You got issues or it's yeah, whatever the case the may stigma. be. Yeah. But I did it and I felt so good. And I had never said the things to a human being before that I said for the first time. And it was like, a hundred percent normal. Like every human being goes through stuff like that. But that's when I was introduced to meditation and they gave me Headspace, the app to try. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. Not right away. It took me probably three or four sessions, just a little five minute sessions, three or four times before I noticed a difference. Mm-hmm. And the first difference I noticed was physical. My hands and my feet were totally still. And I used to be a guy like tap around like fidgety, the fidgeter. messing with my pen like this. Like, yeah, I would do that. Like subconsciously, I wouldn't even realize I'd do it. But after like the third or fourth time, I noticed that I I'd do this with my hands when I meditate all the time, just rest them. And they were completely still. And then I noticed that because they tell you to do a body scan towards the Mm -hmm. beginning. And my feet and my hands were still. And it was almost like it had like a, it was like a physical feeling of stillness. I don't know how to describe it. But that's when I was like, okay, my mind and my brain is doing something and it's taking an effect on my body. And as soon as you see like a little sliver, just like working out, you see a little difference in your aesthetics or the way you look. Mm-hmm. that's enough fuel to keep you going. And then you, you get momentum. You notice another change. You notice more striations or you notice you getting bigger whatever the case may be. And you just want to keep going. And so that's what I noticed about meditation is the first thing was my hands and feet. The next thing was no issue seemed out of control. Everything seemed manageable. Um, I was able to create space in my everyday life, either if adversity hits, it's not the end of the world or something happens. I just had space to like sit back and like view it versus not being right in it. Mm -hmm. That makes sense.
0: Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you moved more from a reactive mind to a reflective mind. Oh, for sure. And I feel like that's where a lot of us live in is the reactive mind. And Mm -hmm. it's so easy to jump to conclusions or, I, I like to say, you know, life is a mirror and we, which it is because every time someone an interaction or um, a conversation you have, you are getting something out of it and you are reacting to it every single time. And regardless, if you're like reflecting on it, you're still reacting. Yeah. Um, but like the way that you can actually sit back and look at it holistically versus thinking, putting a spin of your, your projections Mm-hmm. That sounds like meditation kind of shifted your mindset in a way.
1: It did. And I think I remember talking to you about that part in power of now is yeah. like being the watcher, mm-hmm. being the watcher of your thoughts, being the watcher of everything that's happening to you. There is an analogy that I love about this. It's like you're in the middle of a rainstorm that's thunder lightning hail sleet on top of you and you don't have an umbrella and you're just chilling there getting pelted by raindrops you're in the storm it sucks you're wet you're soaking versus being in your nice cozy living room on a big l couch with a fireplace going chill as can be watching the storm out of your window that's the difference it's like you have all this space and the shelter and knowing that everything's going to be okay, clear image of the storm happening. But it's the same storm, just a different perspective.
0: Well, let me put a spin on it then. If you're in the storm, so say you're not in this safe house where you're watching Mm. the storm and you are cozy with a fire and maybe you have a late night coffee, (laughs) but you're out in the storm Uh and you're getting pelted on, the rain's coming at you and you're just in the thick of it. Mm-hmm. How, how do you deal with that? You don't have any protection right now, but how do you deal with the storm just shaking on you?
1: Yeah. So that used to be what it felt like. And sometimes on bad days, it wants to rear its ugly head and feel like that again. The practice of meditation over time has got me to adjust my default settings to realize that that's not, you don't have to feel like that. You don't have to be in that space. It's easier said than done when you're in it. When you're in it, it sucks. When you're in it, you feel like there's no escape sometimes. And it is a lot. But that's the importance of meditation over time. It's not fixing something that's a direct issue now. It's more reps and practice for when you experience that later on in your life. I would say, or try to have the perspective of if you are in it and you're just starting out practicing meditation and are new to maybe some ways to cope with some stress like that, perspective is everything. Mm -hmm. And if you can, I would just remember the affirmation of create space or change your perspective. This isn't everything. Even though this is you stuck in the rain, getting struck by lightning, having no umbrella, it doesn't have to be this dramatic or this overwhelming thing, you can create space or in this silly message we're having, you can build a house for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You can build a house, you could go inside. It's not, you're in it and you're in the thick of it, but just know that there is, there is a release. You can create space. You can create shelter for yourself.
0: Yeah. And I think that's how I see it, where it's like, if you are in this shit storm and everything's coming at you from every single way, the wind is blowing, you're trying to hold your ground. Something that I learned is just like let it wash over you and mm-hmm. perspective. Like you said, it's a perspective. Maybe I don't have a house or the house is far away and I want to build it, but it may be too long for me to build this house. So instead of looking at this rainstorm, this thunder and lightning storm as a negative or something that's really going to bring me down, you know you're learning from it. What can you learn? What can you grow yeah. from? And, and, and then you can kind of smile and walk into the house, be like, okay, I can actually take a few steps forward to walk into this safe space because you did right. create space for yourself. When it was hard, you allowed yourself to create space in this, in this rainstorm, but then you're mm-hmm. able to take that space and go into a comfort of a home.
1: Yes. That's fantastic. And I try to do the same thing. My, I had a basketball coach when I was younger say, embrace the suck, which basically means like, yeah, it sucks. Nobody wants to be caught in the rain, but your own resistance to the storm and the rain and how much you're thinking, oh, I don't want to be out here. This weather sucks, this is shitty. I'm soaking wet. I don't want to be here. Try your best to just think about, like you said, flipping it, the good things, no resistance. Yeah, I'm stuck in the rain right now, but there's nothing I can do right now. I'm not going to be able to build a house and. 30 seconds. Like I'm getting rained on. And it's almost like the rain isn't the problem. It's your resistance to the rain or how much you're thinking you don't want to be stuck in the rain is the issue that you're creating because everybody could be thinking of a different scenario that they'd like to be in, but that's not what's actually happening.
0: Yeah that's, that's a good perspective. And it's about changing the perspective. I mean, embracing the suck, but like, instead of saying over and over again, this is the worst thing ever. I can't believe we're stuck here doing this. What, how can you twist it? And I, that's something that I find, Myself doing, I'm, I think I'm almost annoying in a sense where someone will come to me and say, This shit sucks. I hate this. I'm so over it. And I don't even allow myself to think those words anymore or think that way because things are challenging. Things suck sometimes. But Mm -hmm. in that aspect, it's, yeah, it's hard. But like, what did I learn from that? What can I, what can I apply? Whether it's from meditation, an affirmation, what can I do to, take steps forward in the right direction. So it doesn't suck that
1: bad. Yeah. What if you pretend like you're in the Sahara desert, you needed this rain for three years.
0: Yeah. And when like there's, that. when there's rainstorms, I mean, a rainbow comes afterwards, like yeah. brightness comes. And I think like, I, I was struggling with a lot of, I was sad. I was going through a breakup. I, uh, just had a lot of self doubt in me, uh, the past few months and it was raining on me. And, you know, I, I could have let that get to me. I could have sat in my room for a long time, but instead I took it. I journaled a shit ton about it. I meditated about it. I made podcasts about it and I released all of that. And now I can say, holy shit. I have excelled myself from this type of storm, which I'm laughing that we're still on the long ass metaphor. (laughs) it is, But it's a good metaphor. I love this metaphor, but now I'm, I'm, I'm on top of the rainbow.
1: Also, when I think about that, it sucks. But every time you do that, or like you get through something like that, that's like a rep. Hmm another rep makes you stronger. Another rep makes you stronger. Yeah. It's tedious. And yeah, you're going to have to do a thousand reps or whatever, but if you just take it one step at a time, you're going to get stronger and better and stronger and better and stronger and better. And you're going to grow to where that rainstorm just diminishes over time to be so manageable.
0: Yeah. Okay. I'm down with the rain.
1: (laughs) That was good. The rain, the rain, so it was good.
0: I'm going to use that. I'll, I'll make sure we, I blast this rainstorm out. Of <laughs> everyone. Have you heard about the rainstorm? Um, but I do want to kind of talk a little bit more about the, the men, the men's group, just because I think it's super important. And mm-hmm. I want to kind of break down the stigma because yeah. there is such a stigma of male mental health. like where do you think that comes from and how like how do you specifically identify
1: um I think it's pretty old school I think that like probably our age like our dads our dad's dads were like just raised to be like the men of the family and be tough have no feelings never let anybody see you hurt or cry or anything like that being able to provide for your family be the protector um and I think that's where it came from. Um, but now I don't know. I was raised that way too. And over time and just going through my life, I have realized that it's hard to keep those emotions bottled up and it's hard to open up to people and share those emotions based on how you were raised. Um, And obviously there are labels that are put on it. Like, that's bad. You're not supposed to do that. And I think that's what every guy, based on where you grew up or what region you grew up in or how old you are. But I think that's a a very common thing for guys is to be raised to not show emotion. But it's hard to open up and share that stuff. That takes toughness. And that is something that I have really grown with to where I am open enough to share a lot of things with a lot of different guys, my friends, this men's group that I started. Um, and it's refreshing. It's like literally you can feel weight come off of you. for not having to hold on to something or bottle something up or add unnecessary pressure to what probably is an already stressful life that people live every day.
0: Do you think it's easier for you to open up to guys than it is to females or do you find that you're able to kind of do both now because of this males group
1: um i would say probably easier to open up with females because they are the more feminine archetype more mm-hmm. uh, emotional guys i can do also and it's completely changed for me and that's what i'm trying to change for other guys too But with the guys, I think it could be on a deeper level because we're the same, we're guys. We have a lot more in common. Our brains for the most part are wired very similarly, more similarly than guys versus girls. Um, So when it's easier to open up with girls because they can stand the empathetic parts and the emotional parts more, you can get really deep with guys, especially bonding over that aspect that I've never talked about this before with anybody, let alone another guy you're always supposed to like shoot the shit and be tough guys with each other, really competitive, but it's something really cool and really special when you open up with a bunch of guys, like a group of guys and talk about real deep shit that is really opening for some people, including me.
0: You said empathy for women. Women can express empathy more than mm-hmm. guys, but do you, have you found in these conversations that the, people in your group are actually bringing that empathy with them and they're expressing that or maybe they're growing into it
1: hundred percent growing into it yes um everybody's different though like I used to be a guy that did not show empathy and was like a tough guy that just tried to put my head down and get through it and be tough about it but understanding that somebody might be going through something that is extremely hard for them and having them being heard Is everything Mm -hmm. and so if you are unwilling to hear them out they don't feel heard so they won't they don't share stuff you can't get deep it's like you're just hitting rock bottom and it's not even it's pretty shallow but I take my thing so what I think about is maybe I can't relate to somebody with a certain problem that they have but I have my own problems that other people thrive in Mm -hmm. like my anxiety stuff with like the traveling aspect which I'm still Mm -hmm. trying to get better at and I have taken huge steps from but like i relate that to maybe somebody has a problem with performing performance anxiety they get really nervous on stage or really nervous with the ball in their hands and all the fans looking at them i don't have an issue with that but i have an issue with other things that brings me huge empathy Mm
0: -hmm.
1: like people don't have a a problem getting on a plane and flying somewhere but that gets me anxious sometimes So I just think, okay, well, he probably feels the same way that I do about traveling with this. So if I look through that lens, I have all the patience in the world because it sucks. And just because it's from a different source or the trigger is different, it's all the same.
0: Yeah. And that, I love that different lens, because Mm -hmm. when I, I think of it as, or I did think of it as before you said this is I couldn't relate to a lot. I've been having a lot of deep conversations with amazing new females in my life and a lot of things I cannot relate to. Mm -hmm. And I give them the space they are heard, but there's a lot of times where I, I just don't respond back. And we've talked about this. We're like, I don't know what to say, but I'm here and I feel you and I hear you and thank you for sharing and allowing the space, but taking you know, something very similar, whether it be anxieties or whatever the the case may be. And looking at it through that lens, I think, can even elevate the empathy level.
1: Oh, yeah, that that's what makes me feel it so strongly. I would not wish this upon anybody, like having the the anxiety that I had and it's getting much better and pushing through things that you're uncomfy doing. That is key. That's what's helped me grow. But at the beginning, it sucked. And so if somebody else is going through that and I know the feeling, how could I not put myself in, in their shoes and be like, man, I can't imagine. That's, that's insane that you're going through that. And once they feel heard, that's when the real growth starts. That's when the real conversation starts. Because you're, you're relating to them about similar traumas or similar pain that you guys experience having it be different it's a different story but it's all the same the relatives basically
0: do you find yourself with that being said giving advice or do you find yourself kind of on the level of do you want advice or do you want to just be heard I mean it's a little bit of both but
1: yeah it's it's tricky sometimes wording matters I've Mm -hmm. learned
0: Oh
1: yeah. (laughs) Uh, The way you word things is big. I like to, first thing, I like to listen and I like to hear them. And I try to soak up everything they said, try to relate to it as much as possible. Um, But I do think that some of the growth that I've gone through could be beneficial to other people. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I've benefited from it so much and I feel it and I know it to be true that if telling my story or telling people what I've been through can trigger anything inside of them to help them grow and house, it may be worth it. Mm-hmm. So I, I like to I like to listen to them and hear them out first and then share some of my stories and different things work for different people. So it, I'd be doing a disservice if I didn't share some of my stuff. Yeah. But at the same time, I like to hear them out and if they say, yeah, that didn't really work for me, totally understandable. And we yeah. can try to work through what you like, what you don't like, how you feel and maybe formulate something along those lines to better help their personal growth.
0: Yeah. And there's, I mean, there's so many different ways to help someone. It's either you you give them back advice. And I know I find myself saying first I'll hear them out and then they'll kind of stop, but they'll stop on a a point that I have to ask, well, how does that make you feel? Mm -hmm. And, and sometimes it stumps people if they haven't talked to me. They ever and I'm just like, well, you know, you just shared this, but like, how does it truly make you feel? And if they say anxious, I'm like, well, why does it make you feel anxious? So at that point, I hear them, but I I want to dive deeper into their senses. Mm -hmm. And there's sometimes where I'm like, do you even want advice from me? And sometimes people will be like, honestly, no. Like, just thank you for letting me speak those out. Yeah, Yeah, for listening because I'm I'm all about if you are dealing with something, and you want to share it ten times share it 10 times because you're going to have different like realizations or reflections each time. And each time you share it, you're going to discover something different and you're going to actually get to a different point that you probably need to get to. And something that sticks out really, really uh, just brightly to me is I was talking to my friend and she was going through some relationship issues and we talked about it for two hours over and over again on loop. And we were walking back from a drink and she was like, holy shit, holy shit. I just had so many realizations. I have, I have to go home and journal about this. I have to (laughs) get it out and speak it out. And I'm like, fuck yeah, that's what this is. That's why you talk about your feelings and your emotions and your anxieties. It's
1: It's crazy that a lot of people probably don't know this, but like if you've never said anything out loud or to anybody else, just saying it out loud and hearing yourself say it and then seeing the person listen to you is like therapeutic
0: yeah i just got chills literally thinking about that yeah, like you
1: can't yeah. you can't like imagine it you just have to do it and once you do it yeah. and experience it then it'll hit you like oh that's beneficial and that's going to help me
0: yeah and i mean it all comes back to like being heard like mm-hmm. I feel like in society, it's a fast paced society. Everyone's go, go, go. No one's giving you your full attention. Right. A lot of times it's just in passing, but actually sitting down putting your phone down and like having this conversation with someone and letting them just lay it out with patience. Mm-hmm. The, the impact it has on that person yeah, is exponential.
1: I'm a big, no phones guy.
0: I found it hard to not, like. I've been more present. So I found it hard to actually be active on social media. Yeah. Do you find that you've shifted with like, I I go
1: through, I go through ups and downs with that. Social media is fun. I have a blast on it and I treat it lighthearted. I don't treat it super serious. I post whatever. If you like it, great. If you don't, great. Obviously it's fun. Like I said, and I have certain benefits. Like I have clothing companies that I partner with and they give me mm-hmm. cool, fun stuff. I post pictures. of it. It's great. But I always just find myself like, what if I just deleted it for a month and went to an Island and just existed in real life? That sounds appealing. And then I go through stuff where it's like, Oh, my friends are all on Instagram. I can't miss something. Uh, this is just too much fun. I don't want to give it up. So I'm back and forth. I'm up and down with that. I love the idea of off-grid. It might be something that I try out, Mm -hmm. see how I like it. It's tough though, because Instagram is fun.
0: And that would require you to travel and be totally- Which is
1: amazing. (laughs) So it might be a blessing.
0: Have you mastered your fear?
1: I'm getting there. I don't know. I mean, being a master of my fear would make my life absolutely complete. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like I've discovered that the things that make you the most uncomfortable are the things that you absolutely have to do. Mm. And traveling is one of them for me. August, this past August, so a month and a half ago, was one of the biggest growth months of my life in terms of traveling. Um, Went to Phoenix, Arizona. Went to Austin, Texas. And went to West Palm Beach, Florida. All hot places because I hate the cold. (laughs) but was amazing. And I put all that on my plate thinking, holy shit, like one is a lot for me, three in one month, but I did it. And every Mm -hmm. one of them was amazing. And yeah, I had anxiety sometimes, but my relationship with my anxiety has completely changed. The more I push myself to do things that bring me anxiety, that bring me uncomfort and discomfort, the better it gets. And the more, holy shit, I'm Superman feeling I get, when I push through those things. So that's the key, man, that, that gets me going. It, the, it might suck. It might feel impossible, but if you can just push through the stuff, that's the most uncomfortable, that's going to be the stuff that's the most rewarding.
0: Wow. I mean like that's powerful.
1: Oh my gosh. I think it's <laughs> the most powerful thing that I've ever experienced before. And I'm not even scratching the surface. Like I have a Cabo trip planned for November Nice. which is out of the country, which is another big step. Um, Croatia is my number one spot that I want to go to in the entire yeah, world, me. probably. Yeah, I want to be on a boat and listen to great music and bask in the sun. But like that's something that seems extremely doable now. The more I keep pushing myself to do things I don't want to do, the more I keep bursting out of my uncomfort zone. And so... Like never would I ever thought I'd go seventeen hours, however long it is, to Croatia. But man, I want to.
0: And that's you just you're living in the uncomfort then. Yeah. The things that you can do and grow within that seventeen hour period, and unless you take one of those was it drama means where it puts you out,
1: unless somebody hits me in the head with a hammer and I'm unconscious for the whole flight, right? <laughs> yeah.
0: Is like is out you're into? <laughs> uh,
1: I if it gets me there alive, I'm all for it.
0: What do you tell yourself when you're, when you're feeling those massive anxieties kind of coming over you or at least trying to creep in?
1: Yeah. So what makes it worse is resistance. Mm. Resistance in itself is a big affirmation for me. If I catch myself resisting what is in any day life, that's when I'm like, okay, well, this is just the way it is. It might not be what my brain thought it would be. But if I have a problem with the way I thought it would be versus how it is, I'm just creating a problem myself. Mm -hmm. So when anxiety rises up, sick, anxiety's here, nothing I can do. It's just the way it is. And that brings down this wall and this protection of me protecting myself or my ego. The power of now says your ego is trying to protect you. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But once I stop with the resistance of what I'm scared of, I'm not scared of it anymore. It's not a thing. It's just, it's me creating the thing. Mm-hmm. So anxiety's here. Great. I'm just going to sit with it. Nothing lasts forever. Everything is constantly changing. Everything's going to be okay. And when I say that to myself, it might still, I might still be feeling anxious, but nothing I can do. It's here. Yeah. Oh, well, it's like a little buddy. And then me not resisting it over time goes away it gets better everything changes nothing's constant and nothing's forever so it's just it takes time it takes practice it takes reps but if you can change in my case if you could change your relationship with the anxiety or with the pain it doesn't even have to be anxiety depression whatever it is that you're going through change your relationship with that to not resist it anymore it dissolves and disappears
0: and i need to reference a book that's a children's book I love because, it because of, of how you said, like, it's it's your buddy
1: mm-hmm.
0: and your resistance. You know, you're not going to resist anymore. Your buddy's there with you. And this children's book is about the monster beside me, I think it was called. Um, I already and- love it. I'm already
1: love <laughs> this book.
0: And it's just this giant fuzzball of a monster who's large and in charge, so much bigger than you. And the kid's scared so the kids hiding from this monster but the monster keeps finding him and then finally the kids like you know what like i'm going to face this monster so the kid walks up to this monster looking up at him because the monster's so big and says like hey i'm not afraid of you and they start having a relationship together where like they're just friends <laughs> they're buddies they're hanging yeah. out and this big ass monster this fluff ball gets smaller and smaller mm-hmm. and smaller. So instead of this kid running away from this big monster, the monster is actually sitting in his pocket because he is always there, but now they're just friends and they're working together versus him running away from it.
1: This is an amazing book. What's his book?
0: <laughs> I will find the name and I'll get it to you. <laughs> Please
1: do. I love it. That's so true. That was like the last, I mean, I mentioned that, the last two years I've worked on myself. Yeah. Before that, the last 10 was me avoiding what I was scared of. I avoided traveling. I would turn down going to see my family because I wouldn't travel. I would turn down, I turned down going on away bus trips and plane trips for basketball. Like I was avoiding it at all costs and that it makes it worse. It makes it grow. The monster is huge. So this West Palm Beach trip that I mentioned was the first time that I saw the beach in 10 years. I woke up at sunrise at like 6 a.m., saw the beach for the first time, and cried.
0: I'm going to cry for (laughs) it.
1: It was amazing. Beat in the sand, cold water. It was all orange. Is the most beautiful thing.
0: Oh else. my God. I love that you experienced that. And what a way, what a reward.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's the background of my phone.
0: Let's see it. Wow. Holy shit. That's, That's amazing. What I
1: saw. Yeah. it It was powerful. I loved it. 10 years. 10 years. Not going to the ocean or the beach. And I love palm trees, tropical ocean, sand, beach. Yes. I love all that stuff. And the last 10 years, it's what I've like fantasized about doing and dreaming about doing and eight, nine years of avoiding it at all costs. And then two years of self-growth, growth, flipping the switch, meditating on it, dreaming about it. And then on test day, which was August, whatever, it was like, okay, I'm doing this. And everything that I've worked on the past two years is here now. And I'm doing it. When I arrived, it was amazing. Woke up, went to the beach, super powerful.
0: Wow. Like you worked so hard for
1: that. That's what made me cry like a baby.
0: (laughs) I was like, holy shit,
1: Ryan, you are completely different now. And you did this shit.
0: Yeah. And you, you literally get to look back on all of that growth because that's one thing that really, really defines you or defined you.
1: Yes, it was my identity for the longest time. Yeah, And you know, those reps I was talking about, going to the beach was a fucking max out rep that I did. And the more you see change like that and go your way, the more you want to keep doing it. It's almost like the rich get richer and I'm trying to get rich with this.
0: That was your PR.
1: It was my absolute (laughs) PR, yes.
0: You said it. I was like, this joke is going to hit so good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Ryan, you have been inspiring. This has been incredible. And I really want to leave our listeners with (laughs) just one thing that you could leave them. One piece of advice, a mantra, whatever it may be that helps you thrive
1: there's a lot. And I, every day I center my life around the self-growth stuff and these affirmations and meditation and trying to work on things to improve. I think that perspective is an underrated term that people kind of forget. Like there are, I don't even know how many people there are. It changes every month, but like if I just throw 9 billion people on earth, does that sound accurate?
0: Seven billion.
1: So Okay, I overshot it. <laughs> seven billion people on earth. And all seven billion have their own lens that they look through life through. Like we could be looking at this cup and have totally different grasps on if we like it or not, if it holds water good enough, whatever the case may be. But everybody has perspective of their own. And it can be changed. It can be altered. You you control that. And so the same shit could happen to two different people. One person could complain about it. One person could be ecstatic about it. One person could be honed in on this small issue and have it ruin their whole day when the other can look at the massive picture and think this is absolutely nothing. So zooming out your perspective. People get stressed out about their jobs every day. Their dog poops in the house, they think it's the end of the world. You cross the street and somebody honks at you and get mad. and Oh my gosh, I'm so flustered. That's a little thing that happens in a massive picture of what's going on in your entire life. So if you just realize, create some space, zoom out, everything's always going to be okay. And even if it's not, it is okay. And it might not feel like it is but it's okay and i think that zooming out your perspective and having more of a light-hearted joy ease and lightness to situations is life-changing
0: i'm gonna cry (laughs) (laughs) that was so
1: good i I didn't know what I was saying, but that's what I feel. You
0: crushed it. You crushed it. Oh, thank you. Oh, my God. I'm going to re-listen to that over and over (laughs) again and cry on my own terms. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for spending this time with me and sharing your story.
1: (laughs) Thank you for having me here. This is like kind of one of the first times that I've talked about this kind of stuff, and I need to be doing it more. So I'm glad that you, I'm your first guest. And really, this is my first appearance on anything like this. So I appreciate it.
0: Well, I hope that this has helped so many people. I know I have been inspired. I've had butterflies and my heart, beating (laughs) super fast because I'm like, holy shit, this is so good. And you have spit so much mad fire from your mouth to my ears and hopefully to others. And I can't wait for everyone to hear it.
1: Well, I appreciate that. Thank you again. This is awesome.
0: All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to Let's Chat with Jay Bax. Peace, love.
1: Uh. (laughs) Was that good? Did I kill that?